Father God, thank you for the day, the privilege of being able to sing to your holiness, to be able to offer you the worship of our hearts and our lives. Now, Lord God, teach us that our house must be built on the rock of your word this year and that everything else is sinking sand. And we only have today to be ready for that day. Teach us how to use time this day in a way that most honors you and most blesses us as I ask you to speak from your word into our hearts this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I would guess that a couple weeks ago, very few of us had heard of a usually backup safety for the Buffalo Bills named Damar Hamlin. And then, of course, you know what happened a couple Mondays ago uh, during Monday Night Football and uh, how his life was saved on the field. And then he was in the hospital uh, doing Instagram, thanking people for praying for him and caring for him. Well, he's been released from the hospital. And yesterday he made it to the Buffalo Bills training room to be able to meet with the team. Now, he's don't know if you'll be at the game today or not, but the Bills are fired up as a result of all of that, as you might imagine. It's an incredible story, and we'll see how it continues to unfold. Uh, and just so grateful that he apparently is on some level going to be okay as a result of all of this. Well, 50 years earlier, this individual, Chuck Hughes, wasn't so fortunate. He was playing as a wide receiver for the Lions. They were playing against the Chicago Bears when he had a heart attack on the field and died. He is, to this date, the only NFL player ever to die in a game, the only one. It turned out, after an autopsy, that he had advanced arterial disease. Didn't know that. Did not know that. And back 50 years ago, they didn't have what we have today to be able to know that. And so his death could have been prevented if it were today, if they could have done the testing then that they can do now. DeMar Hamlin, not so much. We don't yet quite know, when I say we, medical authorities, don't yet quite know everything that happened. There's more testing going on, more work happening here, but he does not have heart disease, doesn't have anything that would have been indication of that. And so the most likely diagnosis from what cardiologists are saying is a thing called commodio cordis. It's a very rare thing. There are about 200 cases a year documented. If your heart is at one very specific instant in its rhythm and you're struck a blow to the chest... In that instant, the heart's rhythm is interrupted, and you have a heart attack. And if they hadn't been there on the field, if they'd not been able to resuscitate his heart, he would have died. Point being, the scary part, that could happen to anybody. In any of the games today, or any place where somebody gets a severe blow to the chest, in that instant, of the heart rhythm if that's what happened to them, and they think that's likely what it is called commodio cordis. Now, I'm not here to scare you, not here to tell you not to play football or anything like that, but just to say we're all DeMar Hamlin. All of us have only today promised, right? Tomorrow's not promised to any of us. The Lord could come back tomorrow, or we could go to him tomorrow, or it could be today. None of us knows. So every January, I like to think about ways that we can manage the new year in the most effective way possible. Last week, we talked about managing our mission. What's your life mission? Why are you on this planet? Why did God create you? Why are you here another year? What is your purpose in life? Managing your mission. Today, let's talk a little more about managing our time. Because the fact is, while we focus on the sands that are at the bottom, all we have left are the sands at the top. And none of us knows how many that is, right? Jonathan Evans, the son of Tony Evans, is the chaplain for the Dallas Cowboys. After DeMar Hamlin's crisis, 
Tony, Jonathan, was speaking to the team, and afterwards, Dak uh, Prescott quoted what the chaplain, Jonathan Evans, had said, something to the effect of, we date our lives from when we were born, but we really should date them from when we die. And no one knows how long that is, right? So welcome to January, named for Janus. That's the Roman god Janus, pictured with two faces, one looking back, one looking forward. Well, unlike Janus, you and I can only look back to get help for looking forward. So let's do that today. Here's the passage we're going to talk about for just a moment. Never preached on this in all the 40-something years I've been preaching, but as I was praying about our conversation together this week, I was led directly to this. And as I began unpacking it, I began hearing God speaking to me and hopefully to you as well. Ephesians 5, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. So how do you do that? How do you make sure you're using your day the best you can use your day? How do you know you're making the best use of time? How do we know that? How do we manage time biblically? How do we use what time we have as God would intend? Well, three principles. First, care about time as much as God does. See it the way God does. Look carefully how you walk. The Greek language behind this means to inspect in detail how you're walking each moment of each day, each step that you're taking. Not as unwise, not as unskilled, but as skilled is another way to say that. Why do you need to do that? James 4. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? Answers the question. You're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. That convicts me. I love five-year plans. I really like sketching out years ahead of time. First thing I do every Monday is plan out my week and block it out and put time stuff around it. I love scratching stuff through through the day. I still use a, a journal you write in just because I can't scratch on a screen. At least you're not supposed to, right? Can't scratch on my iPad. And I love actually marking stuff off when I'm done. And I love scheduling out the week and I hate it when it changes. I don't like that at all. Henry Blackaby, however, said, when you made him Lord, you gave him permission to change your plans. I didn't know I was doing that at the time, but that's what I was doing. Because we say it's our time, right? It's not. It's not. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Did you make today? Did you create this time? Does it really belong to you? Are you guaranteed your next heartbeat? DeMar Hamlin might ask. Your next moment, your next breath. See time how God sees time. It's his, not yours. It's loaned to you for a purpose. It's given to you for a reason. Belongs to him, not to you. And every moment counts. Annie Dillard says how we spend our time is, of course, I should say, how we spend our days is how we spend our lives every day. So I did a little math. I'm 64 years old. Let's just say, I have no idea if this is true, but let's just say that I'm going to be able to live and serve the Lord until I'm 80. Let's just say that, okay? Sounds like a long time. By the way, 64, I am now the old guy I used to think people were, you know? I remember when I thought someone who was 64 was ancient, and now that's me. How did that happen? 
I, mean, I don't think I'm 64, but apparently I am. My birth certificate says that I am. So I did a little math here. If you're 64 and you knew that you were going to live till 80, where would you be on the football field? The 20-yard line. 80 yards of the field are already gone. If you're 64 and you have until 80, that's how the math works. So see time the way God sees it. It's his gift to you for today. Don't count on it. Don't presume on it. Don't think it's yours. Understand it the way God does. Then second, manage it. Manage what God has loaned to you with skill and the Spirit's guidance. Making the best use of the time. That's a terrible translation. A literal Greek translation of that is, redeem the time as though it were cash, so as to use it as effectively as possible. That phrase that Paul uses there, making the best use of the time, is actually a financial phrase in the Greek original. It pictures somebody that is redeeming back something. Let's say a loan that you're paying off or some transaction that you're making. You're redeeming it. You're using it. You're, you're finding a way to invest it is the idea. Make the best use of it. Invest it wisely with skill and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. This ought to be our prayer every day. Psalm 90 verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Now, you notice that's not a command. That's a prayer. He doesn't say, number your day to get a heart of wisdom. He says, teach us, Lord, to number our days, to count our days, to use our days, to get a heart of wisdom. And then you can commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. God has a will for every day of your life, every single day of your life. We've talked about this before, but he speaks to us rationally through Scripture, speaks to us practically through circumstances and people, speaks to us intuitively as we're praying and we get a sense of his leadership. He has an overarching mission for our life. This was last week. Be able to fill in the blank. My ministry is. My north on the compass is. I'm here for this reason. And then every single day, submit the day to God and say, Lord, teach me to number this day. Guide me through this day. Use me this day to accomplish your purpose. And trust that he will. He'll teach you through scripture and reason. He'll teach you through experiences and circumstances. He'll teach you as the spirit speaks to your spirit. And he'll help you fulfill that blank every day. So first, care about time as God does. Second, manage time with skill in the spirit's guidance. And then last, change the world or the world will change you. The days are evil. The times are evil. We live in a fallen world, don't we? We live in a fallen culture. And you're like a bike on a hill. There's no plateau. You're either going up or you're going down. You're either going forwards or you're going backwards. And you have only today to decide. I quote C.S. Lewis a lot. He made this statement. Humans are amphibians, half spirit and half animal. As spirits, they belong to the eternal world, but as animals, they inhabit time. The key is to use time for eternity. The key is to ask about every moment, how will this serve eternity? How will this do what matters most? How will this day accomplish God's purpose for this day? Missionary C.T. Studd said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. So how do we manage time this year? Let's look backwards at what Paul has told us. Care about time the way God does. See it as a gift from God. Not your possession, but his 
provision. Not your plan, but his purpose. Manage with skill in the Spirit's guidance by every single day asking him to lead you through that day. Asking him to guide you through that day. And pray every day that he will use you to change the world before the world changes you. If we'll do that, we'll do what Paul says, and God will redeem this year and use our time to his glory and to our good. But one last point to make. Do that. Do everything Paul's talked about today out of gratitude for the God who gives you this day and whose grace is greater than all our sin. Do this not as works righteousness. Please don't leave trying harder to do better in a belief if you'll do what Paul said today that God will like you more. Understand you are already the beloved. You are already loved unconditionally by the God who inhabits time and eternity. If time is a line on the page, God is the page. And the page loves you. And he wants you to live this day for his glory because that is to your good. The best life you can live is the blessed life that God will lead you to live if every day is his. So I'm going to quote with a, close with a quote from Henry Nouwen, one of my spiritual mentors, Catholic priest, scholar, taught at Yale and Harvard and Notre Dame, remarkable spiritual genius. Close with this. As long as I keep running and asking, do you love me? Do you really love me? I give all power to the voices of the world and put myself in bondage because the world is filled with ifs, Nowen wrote. The world says, yes, I love you if you are good-looking, intelligent, and wealthy. I love you if you have a good education, a good job, and good connections. I love you if you produce much, sell much, and buy much. There are endless ifs hidden in the world's love. That's why the days are evil, as Paul said. These ifs enslave me, since it is impossible to respond adequately to all of them. The world's love is and always will be conditional. As long as I keep looking for my true self in the world of conditional love, I will remain hooked to the world, trying, failing, and trying again. It is a world that fosters addictions, because what it offers cannot satisfy the deepest craving of my heart. So what is the deepest craving of your heart? What were you made by God to do? Here's the simplest way I can put it, to know Christ and make him known. That's why you're here. That's why you have another day and maybe another year. Maybe. To make him known, to know him, and make him known as the purpose of your day. Let's pray about that. Would you say that your heart right now is organized around that calling to know Christ and make him known? That that's the priority of your heart, that that's the purpose of your life, that that's how you'll spend your time today. Would you make that the commitment of your heart right now? Would you say, Lord, help me to know you and make you known today? Help me to use the time of this day for your glory and our good. Teach me to number my days to get a heart of wisdom. Use me to know you and help someone know you today. Would that be the prayer of your heart right now? Would you make those six words the prayer of your heart tomorrow? Know Christ and make him known. 
would that be? The north of your compass, the organizing principle of your time, the mission for which you live.